Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. I'm so thankful today to be able to stand before not just this church, not just this congregation, but an unbeliever that I might be able to speak to. Anybody that might be out on the street and say the Holy Ghost and fire is something that is real because I have experienced the very power that the book of Acts spoke about in my own life today. Because we have to have the Holy Ghost in order for us to say, God, you take control. God, you step in. It's time for me and my wants and my desires and my wills to sidestep and take left stage as you come to center stage of my life. To go on record as saying that great great people that totally understand who we are and what we're doing and I, I want to protect our name in the city and I want to protect our, our people I want to protect our city you know and so right now we've got to do a few things and that that's okay uh, we'll make adjustments make arrangements and, and we'll make it happen Luke chapter 3 verse 16 I, I, I'm gonna have to be real cautious today because there's a lot been building up in me for a long time so Luke chapter 3 verse 16 John answered saying unto them I indeed baptize you with water, but there's one mightier than I that comes, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. A lot of people stop right there, but I want to continue on to verse 17. It reads, whose fan is in his hand whose fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner. But the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. And I just want to preach to you a simple, hopefully short message today. His fan is in his hand. I feel the Holy Ghost. <laughs> this is more than just excitement. This is more than just enthusiasm. The Holy Ghost is in this place on Pentecost Sunday today. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The writer of Luke is speaking about a man called John the Baptist, who, as most of us know, was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And he is in this particular portion of Scripture prophetically speaking here of a time that would come in the not too distant future of his lifetime. Unfortunately for John, his life would end before the fulfillment of his prophecy took place. John was beheaded by Herod before the day of Pentecost, before the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. He was a forerunner of Christ, and I'm sure that in his heart uh, early on, he was uh, expecting to be a part of the fulfillment of that prophecy, knowing that Jesus Christ was on the scene, being the one to, to say, here he is. I am going to step away and let him now take my place. I was just here to blaze the trail. 
I was just here to turn the attention towards the one. Uh, I was just here to make the introduction. But now that I have introduced him, it's time for me to step off of the stage and for Jesus Christ to step onto the stage. And I have to wonder if that isn't the reason why God allowed John, even before he was born into the world, while he was still in the womb of his mother, to experience the power of the Holy Ghost. If you remember, and if you don't, you can go back and read about it. I'm just going to give you a very short synopsis here this morning. There was a very unusual thing that took place immediately after Mary had a visitation from the angel, and the angel told Mary, you're going to conceive, and the child that you're going to have is going to be the Messiah. You're going to call his name Jesus, and he's going to save their people from their sin. That visitation was a, a... an incredible time in the life of Mary. And Mary, when that visitation was coming to an end, looked at the angel and she said, let whatever words you have spoken, let them take place in me. In other words, she was saying, I am willing. I I understand that, that this is not a normal birth. I understand that this is not a normal conception. And I understand that a lot of people are not gonna understand what is taking place and things are gonna be misconstrued and things are gonna be said but I am willing to do whatever you say must be done. And with that, she accepted the birth of Jesus Christ. If you'll read the story as it's told in Luke, immediately afterwards, she takes a little trip. She goes to see some cousins. Zacharias and and Elizabeth are their names. She goes to see them. I'm sure she's going to to share with them the news of what has taken place. And as she's on her way, we understand that, that there is also now something else going on because she wasn't the only one to get a visit from an angelic being, but Zacharias also had had a visitation from an angel. And that angel was telling him, your wife, even though she's beyond childbearing years, even though that she's been barren all of her life, she is with child even five months now already and Zacharias in his unbelief was stricken and not able to speak we have two miraculous conceptions taking place one immaculate conception taking place Elizabeth is now older beyond her years of giving birth to a child and yet The scripture is right there woven into those different scriptures that I brought to you today. Nothing is impossible with God. If God has a plan, then he has a design to fulfill that plan. And God's plan was for all of mankind to be able to have an opportunity to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with fire. I'm so thankful today to be able to stand before not just this church, not just this congregation, but an unbeliever that I might be able to speak to. Anybody that might be out on the street and say the Holy Ghost and fire is something that is real because I have experienced the very power that the book of Acts spoke about in my own life today. Mary knocks on the door. 
Elizabeth, I guess, comes to the door, and the Bible says that when Mary greeted Elizabeth, something took place. Something unusual happened because when that child that was in Elizabeth's womb heard the greetings of the one that was going to carry the Messiah, he leapt in that womb of his mother, and the Bible says that the Holy Ghost filled Elizabeth right then and there on the spot. And I believe with all of my heart that John the Baptist he had experience with the Holy Ghost before he was ever brought into this world while he was still in his mother's womb he had experienced the power of the Holy Ghost not only was John the forerunner of Jesus Christ he was the forerunner of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that would take place in the upper room of Jerusalem in the book of Acts as it was recorded. He would not be alive to see it, but he had already experienced what they were going to experience before God poured it out on everybody. John was privy to a pre-Pentecostal Holy Ghost experience of what was to come to uh, to the 120 in the upper room in the book of Acts. It's no wonder It's no wonder that he became the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way, because he had already tasted and seen that the Lord was good. He had already been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. He knew what was to come before anybody else had experienced, and that's why he could stand there against all odds, against everybody that would come against him, against the unbelievers, and he could say, there's coming one behind me whose shoes I'm not even worthy to latch it. There's one coming behind me that will fill you with the same spirit that I have been filled with. He knew what was coming. He had his adversaries as God always has had, as the people of God always have had, as the church always has had and always will have until Jesus comes back and sets up his kingdom and then the lion will lay down with the lamb but until then friend you're going to have enemies if you're living for God until then when you're filled with the Holy Ghost God is going to take you down a road that not many will understand it's a narrow road they're walking a broad road that many find but that leads to destruction but if you want to go to heaven if you want the power of the Holy Ghost. You may have to go it alone sometimes. There may be some times, but don't let that stop you from crying. Prepare ye the way because you have been given something that is so great, something that is so powerful, something that is so strong that no one else can understand it until they receive it for themselves. He was different than everybody else. He spoke the truth when it wasn't popular to speak it. He was blunt and to the point. And most of all, he recognized Jesus Christ when he saw him. He recognized him. Listen to me today. There's something about the fire of the Holy Ghost that'll keep you in the fight when the enemy's breathing down your neck. 
It'll keep you standing on the truth when the truth is no longer popular. It'll keep you in the church when they're calling good evil and evil good. And I'll tell you another thing that'll keep you. It'll keep you in the rapture when Jesus Christ says enough is enough. It's time to call my people home. It's a Holy Ghost that is going to cause your feet to leave the terra firma and take you to a place called heaven. Something about being filled with the Holy Ghost that'll make you pray different, that'll make you talk different, it'll make you love truth just a little bit more. But most of all, the power of the Holy Ghost is to help you recognize when Jesus walks into the scene of your life. When Jesus steps on the scene, it'll cause you, the Holy Ghost will cause you to be like John the Baptist and say, I must decrease so that he can increase. There's nothing more uh, difficult than a child of God that doesn't want to let God have his way in your life. You'll wind up being miserable. You'll wind up failing. You'll wind up eventually backsliding because we have to have the Holy Ghost in order for us to say, God, you take control. God, you step in. It's time for me and my wants and my desires and my I will to sidestep and take left stage as you come to center stage of my life. I want to mention verse 17 today because I find it important that if the word of God tells us that God has a fan in his hand, I want to understand what that fan does. What's the reason? What's the purpose? There's no scripture in the word of God that are just thrown in to fill space. Everything has a meaning. Everything has a purpose. It's talking about the Holy Ghost and fire. John's telling them of a time that is to come, but he's also mentioning that there's a few things, that God has a fan in his hand, and he's going to separate some things. He's talking about a threshing floor. He's talking about a harvest that's coming in of wheat. He's talking about the grain that is consumable and has nutrition in it and that will feed us being separated from the things that are just nothing more than waste and filler. So the fan that John speaks of is a winnowing fan. They used a winnowing fan when they brought the wheat in from the harvest. They didn't have combines. They didn't have machinery such as we have today that would go right down that field, chop it up, separate everything, and drop nothing but the good grains of wheat into the bin to be hauled off to the market. No, they had to bring that whole, uh, the, the, the stalks in. They, they brought uh, it in in sheaves and they would bring it into the threshing floor. And on that threshing floor, there would be a man that would stand there and he would take that fork and he would toss that wheat and the grain and the stalks and all the chaff that, that was this hard shell and the hard husk that, that covered that grain. They would throw it up into the air high for the wind from the winnowing fan as the man stood there with the winnowing fan waving it across so that it would take all the chaff and blow it away but the heavy wheat would fall back to the threshing floor the unusable the worthless, worthless parts they would be blown in a direction where they would begin to pile up Good for nothing. There was nothing they could do with it. It was just nothing more than waste. Unusable waste. 
to be burned up in the fire. The fan was not only used and good to separate the good from the bad, but the wind from the fan fed the fire that burnt the chaff. That's why God gave us fire. Amen. Don't be surprised when your Holy Ghost fire, which is fed by the wind from God's fan, begins to set some things on fire in your life. Don't, don't, don't be surprised when you start living for God as he begins to blow that winnowing fan across your life, as he begins to separate the unusable, the worthless out of your life and tries to blow it away. Don't try to hold on to the chaff that you've accumulated into your life. It's merely covering the value that's in you. It's merely covering the nutritional, spiritual, nutritional things that God wants to give you. Don't be afraid of the winnowing fan that God blows across you because it's it will separate the chaff from what is good. It will separate the unusable from the usable. But not only that, it is part of what is setting on fire. The things that want to destroy you, the things that want to burn in you, the things that want to, uh, that, that want to ruin you, the things that want to destroy your life. That's why God gave us the fire. Consume the worthless things and leave the valuable things that feed us. We need the fire to spread. And we need the fan to feed the fire. And we need the winds of Pentecost to blow, not just on Pentecost Sunday. But we need the winds of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost fire to burn, and the winds of the Holy Ghost to blow. Amen. I'll tell you what it does. It brings people in that have a lot of chaff in their life, a lot of unusable, valueless things that they're holding on to. And as we begin to pray, there's something that begins to stir in a Pentecostal service. Amen. Some winds begin to blow. And when God began to throw some things up into the air, we begin to uh, release those things to him. He blows them away into a place that they can be burned of, never to be seen again. Let me tell you something, friend. You can have a holy, righteous lifestyle. God can take even the deepest, darkest sinner and bring them to a place of repentance. He can transform a life that was rotten and no good and give it purpose and meaning and uh, eventually send it on its way to a place called heaven. The thing about fire, and the reason that fire is so important to us, is if you separate the embers, they will soon die. Don't believe me? Try it sometime. You've got a log out there on the fire pit. You've got a little fire going. You see five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten embers that are, that are down there keeping that fire going. Take a little stick and reach down there and, and separate each one from another, and it won't be long before they're all dead. You know why? Because they need each other. They need each other. They feed each other. They're connected with each other. And that's why this was such an important test for the church. 
That's why you can't, we cannot continue forever being separated. Oh, it's one thing for us to get together online. Thank God for all of that. I'm glad for all that. But we need the church. We need our brothers and sisters. I've got to rub shoulders. I've got to have those spiritual hugs and handshakes and high fives. I've got to come to an altar and kneel down beside a brother who's hurting. I've got to have brothers that are willing to come up and lift my hands when I've got a need in my life. We need each other because we are the embers that keep each other burning. We are the fire that will never be able to be destroyed or put out as long as we are linked together. We must have the church. The church is essential to our survival. It's what keeps us burning hot. Oh, we can burn for a while. Sister Michaela, we can go for a little while. We can manage for, for a couple months. Uh, if there's a pandemic, okay, we get it. We, we understand. We need to, uh, when you got Democrats and Republicans both agreeing together on the same thing, I, I say you got to stop and listen. Got to think about that a little bit. Okay, maybe, you know, err on the side of caution here for a while. Okay, two weeks turned into a month, month and a half, two months. Or two, and then somebody says, uh, you may not be able to get back together. And I don't want to get real political here, and I don't plan on it, but you may not be able to get back together for a year, year and a half. I'm like, hey, now wait, wait just a second. Hold on now. We got some embers that are, that are pretty hot here. We got, a fi- we got a fire that's going on in Landmark, been burning for a long time now. That we've, got a, a, we've got a church that even visitors walk in and recognize what is going on. There's something different. And they, the ones that have never felt it before, they can even feel it online. You and I, we're like, yeah, online services, I mean, that's okay. We'll make do with that. But, man, you ought to be in church service. Can you imagine? I got, a, I got a feeling that God can take all this mess that's going on, and, and I think he can double the size of this church by what took place over the last couple of months. Because there are people that are cold, and they're wanting to be warmed by the fire. They just don't know where to go to get it. They've never experienced it before. I'm going to close with this today. Yesterday, we, we had a wedding. I officiated my, my niece's wedding. <clears throat> Got canceled once because of COVID-19. Missouri opened up. They were already scheduled to have it over there. They allowed them to social distance, had this wedding over in Newtown, Missouri. Beautiful, beautiful little place. I've never been to any place quite like Newtown, Missouri. You ever get a chance and you're close to there, go, go check it out. It's just very unique. Opened up the chapel, set it all up. It was a beautiful thing. Friday night, we were there. We were going over the rehearsal. The wedding coordinator was not with us. She just ran the chapel and ran the rehearsal and, and, and took care of planning everything, putting it all together. <clears throat> I spoke to her Friday night. She was a little frustrated because she couldn't, she was having trouble getting everybody's attention. I said, you need a microphone, sis. I said, this place is kind of echoey. You, you, need a, you need a microphone so you can command a little uh, respect here, over overshadow everybody else's voices. Everybody's loud. They're talking. It's a bunch of young people, probably, you know, 25, 26, 27 on down, and young marriage and single young people. They're all friends. You know how it goes when the young people get married. They have all the friends in the wedding. There's probably 35 people there, little kids, and that place was just noisy. I said, you got to understand, I said, these are all a bunch of friends, 
I said, we're all apostolic, most of us that are here. I said, uh, and we've been in quarantine for two and a half months. I said, you're not going to get them under control tonight. She said, yeah, you got a, got a pretty good point. I said, we just have to do the best that we can. Wedding went off beautiful. And at the end of it, at the end of it, we had prayer for the couple that we were about ready to announce as husband and wife and the ministry and our family and the grandparents came up and the parents came up and we did not social distance. I didn't even think about it until just now. We laid hands on them and we began to pray and the power of God began to, you can feel the anointing in that place. I was on my way home last night and my brother-in-law who was the father of the bride called me just to say thank you and he said he got into a conversation with the lady that was coordinating the wedding she said I've got to know about more about she said how many people there were apostolic he said probably 65-70% she said I got, I've got to know more about this she said, I need to find out what it is that you have. How, how is it that when you all were praying, you all just stopped at the same time? That was supernatural. My brother-in-law was like, well, that's just, no, maybe not quite supernatural. But she was blown away. She said, this is by far the greatest wedding that I've ever been a part of. Something as simple to us as laying the hands on a beautiful young couple to bless them in the very beginning stages of their marriage to someone who's never felt the fire of the Holy Ghost. It was almost overwhelming. It was almost more than she could handle. A little light bulb went off in my head. I said, huh. I wonder if that's why when we were sitting at the reception, I watched her and her daughter with a, pushing a, a little stroller, and they walked past the tent that we were in, and she couldn't see me, but I could see her, and she was just looking, looking in the windows. What are all those apostolics doing in the, how do they have a reception? Boy, if they were that powerful in a, in a wedding ceremony, I wonder what they're doing in there in the reception. She said, what's your website? I want to see what your online services. I've got to watch your online services. I'm talking about the power of the Holy Ghost with fire. This isn't just another denomination. I could care less about what you call your denomination. All I care about is that you follow the word of God. And the Word of God says that you need to repent of your sins and that you need to be baptized in Jesus' name and you need to receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost for there's a promise that is given to those that do this. You can't convince me that the fire of the Holy Ghost is dead. Because today, right now, May 31st, 2020, I can feel the winds of the winnowing fan.
stirring some embers. Would you stand with me today? We don't have a whole lot of time left here this morning. But I wonder if maybe over the past couple of months, maybe from being separated from the other members, take away the M and what do you have? You've got embers. wonder if the other embers of Landmark Apostolic Church being close to them can help rekindle us back to the place where we're burning we're glowing we're putting off a flame that can be seen in a dark world that needs a light to shine right where you're at today if you would mind lifting your hand with me as they begin to sing this song and you would begin to worship the Lord and let him begin to consume you thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church podcast you can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast God bless God bless